recording because of technical difficulties. All right, you're on. Comments. You're on speaker. Go. <clears throat> we started a podcast because we thought it would be funny. But now Trump is our president, and we don't know what to do anymore but cry. That was great. The intro song, we're singing along, drinking beer, and talking about politics. Uh, Henry and Hops, politics and beer. Adventures and thoughts for your ear holes to hear. So let's have a brew, maybe just three or two, perchance discover new shit that we never knew. So come along. That's the end of our song. Yeah. Oh, that, that actually is the end of... That's it. Uh, we just talk culture and shit. Oh, man. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Yeah, this is our uh, second attempt at recording. It's going to be less so fresh. going to miss... Yeah, you're going to miss a little bit of the pop-off from these beers that we had. Yeah. Uh, but we did go a little bit over time last time, so I'm kind of thankful that we got to restart a little bit. Redo. So let's... let's Let's uh let's review these beers one more time. Hunter, what are you drinking? Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm drinking Lagunitas Born Yesterday Pale Ale. It's a fresh hopped IPA released once a year. This year was October 17th. It's my favorite beer. Super fresh. It. If you didn't know any better, you'd think that they had added some type of fruit and uh, specifically some citrusy additives, but no, it's just the hops. It's incredible. I am down to my last two six-packs of a four-case uh, cash that I had, and um, it was a wonderful birthday present to myself. Go. Uh, okay, so I'm drinking uh, the beer for breakfast out, and the reason this was of note, as I pointed out early on in our... Oh, by uh, Dogfish Head, who we haven't talked about in a little while, but one of the best breweries in America, in my opinion, still. Definitely. Uh... So it's a stout uh, with a scrapple, which was the uh, questionable ingredient we were talking about in our uh, deleted little bit beforehand. Uh, spices, coffee, and maple syrup with more coffee added. And as I said uh, a couple minutes ago to Hunter, it, it tastes more like a porter to me than a stout, like an imperial porter, kind of on the lines of Gonzo by Flying Dog. But it's, uh, it's still very good. Uh, it's just not quite as uh, tricked out and crazy as the label would have led me to believe. So I give it four houses, uh, but maybe it'll grow on me. And like I said, I uh, I would like, like I said, <laughs> I keep referencing this Yeah, no, no one knows yeah, hear. what you said, so. <laughs> um, if, uh, if people out there try this beer and you guys taste a lot of Scrapple in there, please let me know because maybe I'm just so used to Scrapple with PA Dutch cooking that... I can't taste the thing. Indeed. Is there any other new beers of note in your life? Have you, uh, oh you know, it's goodness. funny. I have to say really quickly before we continue, when you gave that born yesterday speech, uh, like 10 minutes ago, it was so much more passionate and so much more loving. And, no, uh, it's you, yeah. Born everyone yesterday. needs to know that Hunter loves that beer. I fucking and, love uh, it, but I hate talking about things I, twice. I apologize if we kind of ruined that for you. Anyway, go no, ahead. It was my fault. No, um, this has been the big beer of the season. Like I said, I love this fucking shit out of this beer. And um, it's just really fresh hops. And no matter how you slice it, fresh hops in our hemisphere only come once a year. 
Um, so it's an inherently special time. And what I like about it is the implicit kind of, um, it's going to sound really douchey, but the implicit connection that it, that it necessarily has with the outdoors and with uh, agriculture. Like if you want to get a beer that tastes like this, you need to harvest fresh hops, which like I just said, can only happen once a year locally ish. Um, so by necessity, you have to kind of depend on nature a lot more than you would if you were brewing with hop pellets or indeed any whole cone hops that were refrigerated. So beyond the taste, I love kind of what it represents. Uh, just an acknowledgement that so much of our bounty comes from the earth to, to be really douchey about it. Yeah, yeah. And so much of our existence is temporary. Wow. To get even douchier. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'm going to talk really quickly about uh, Game of Thrones beers, which is, not, which is a douchey on a different level. Uh, I've been collecting all of them since the beginning. They're, I will say they are, seem to be brewed more for novelty than for totally, yeah. actual experimental beer concoctions. Though a couple have been quite good. I bet you, though, that, um, like, at, that they have sold so well. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I'm excited for this new one because it's a triple, and Omegong does triples, and the last one was a double. They do doubles uh, pretty well. Uh, that's kind of their wheelhouse, and it'll be nice to have a good Belgian if that's what it turns out to be. So get back to you on that. Great. Excited. Um, last question for you, Hunter. Uh, have you been brewing anything? No. I've been a shithead about brewing. Well, um, I just found finally the new brew place in Lehigh Valley, so I'm going to start brewing at my parents' house because I can't really do it here. Do you go home pretty often? I'm going home often enough that I can do it right now, especially because of this film I made. But uh, that's a pretty good transition, actually. Yeah. Next thing. Well, what really quick, what kind of beer? Do you have any ideas what you're going to brew next? Belgian. Nice. What kind? <laughs> Uh, golden ale would be cool, I think, if I can just like make a really solid uh, hep, you know, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Let okay, me get back to you on that. Depends what I can I have access to. You know what I mean? To totally. My next, my next. I just want to brew like a. I I kind of got a little ahead of myself with brewing and try to do some complicated shit when I had no skills. And it always, some beers were great. Like some bottles were great. Some were just absolutely horrible. So I'm just gonna go back to basics and brew a really good like, really hoppy pale ale. Simple. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that'll be my second one, just because uh, for the same it. reason. Yeah, yeah, I need to start. I need to start over, kind of. But you mentioned some type of movie. Can you elaborate? Oh, yeah. So uh, one of the big reasons we had a huge gap in our recordings, uh, besides the fact that I'm a lazy editor and we're lazy recorders. Yeah, uh, I'm really lazy. That, uh, I made a movie, a short film, called Makanji with Wolf Suit. Uh, that's a uh, subtle uh, horror comedy about the horror of suburbia. Sounds great. Um, when you uh, gonna, Can I look at it soon? Well, uh, I think it'll be out in about like three to six months uh, at film festivals, and uh, you can check it out there. There'll be releases. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you see it at some point for sure when I see you. But uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. 
Don't worry about it. Okay, I'm not but, worried. But yeah, guys, keep an eye out for updates on that, and also Wolf Suit's next interactive theater project, whether that be Experimental Treatment 2.0 or something crazy happening before that. Now, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, what have you been doing as of late? You've been in grad school, right? Yeah, I started grad school, and I'm also working still, so it's a lot of shit. What What, what have you been doing in grad school? So I get an MBA. Uh, I guess it's master's. Well, I, I know what it is. It's master's of business administration. Um, but it's it's kind of unique. It's at the school called the Presidio Graduate School. So it's a it focuses on um, on the skill set of an MBA through the lens of sustainability. So while that is a buzzword, these guys are really putting it into practice in terms of. And I think the, on the most basic level, it would be something that we've talked about many many times, and I studied at length in undergraduate, which is. Switching from companies, you know, in general, looking at the single bottom line, which is the financial bottom line, to a uh, three, it's called the triple bottom line, which is uh, financial, social, and environmental. So in addition to just, you know, how much profit you're making, kind of taking a little bit more consideration of the... Um, kind of the impacts good or bad on on people and the you know society at large and then also of course on the environment and it's a really it's a pretty good framework and what's so interesting that I've kind of kind of come to realize and I'm learning a lot more about is that they they are by they I mean various nonprofits and and and, and uh, industry organizations are actually developing kind of pretty strict and definable guidelines around what that really means and that makes me happy because before you know it's just the idea that like oh yeah we don't we're not so bad for the environment so sure we're like us to stay we're a green business we don't like pollute it that much so now you're able to kind of like quantify that a little bit better so it's so my first semester and it's it's pretty you know a lot of work but i'm excited is there any discussion about convincing people that finite resources are an issue or is that kind of an accepted uh standard that that every ceo is confronted with at this point no i don't think that's accepted at all um but i also don't think that uh ceos in this case like really think about i don't think they currently need to think about the aggregate resources that the planet or country has because usually they're very specific industries and so it's like maybe thinking about coal or oil which we talk about peak oil so i'm sure in that industry it's pretty important but in other ones um i think that's a, a an important conversation, important topic that needs to be brought into it. And as we've talked about it also, like the idea of the economy, the, the, the like neoclassical version of the economy as an open system, but obviously it exists with a, within a closed earth in, in that you cannot create more resources. So basically it's taking imports, inputs, inputs from outside of this open system. Um, and it's, it's putting out kind of like, Pollution, basically, which are currently being considered externalities that are not being priced into the market, which is the whole problem. Right, right. And uh, this is a viable solution uh, within a modern age that probably won't be confronted within the next four years. And maybe that's why, you know, why we're part of the reason why we're recording today, right? Yeah, well, that's a great point and a great transition just because a lot of these good ideas, I think people behind them are certainly feeling like there's a setback. There's a big setback, certainly when it comes to climate change with President-elect Trump, because like, he expresses 
disbelief in it. So he's obviously not going to do shit for it. Well, yeah, let's get into that in a minute. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought that's where that. you were going. No, 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 no. You're you're exactly right. I mean, eventually that is where we're going, and and we're talking about the election today. And uh, I think we have decided that Henry and Hops, while uh, we're going to continue drinking beer and talking about politics, we're going to be a little more serious on the political end of our discussions, mainly because it's a more serious world. Fucking a. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's why we're recording, and maybe that makes us a little douchey and, uh... I think earnest is a better word. Yeah, well, maybe. Depends on how people view us. But we'll see. Well, I don't think we have Either any way, listeners, I think that's, so it's fine. I think that's why we're recording today, and why we're going to start recording a little bit more often than we did before. But also, uh, you know, we want to confront the fact that we have a bunch of lost episodes right now that are going to be released... The lost uh, episodes. It, yeah, including a partial uh, Trump interview uh, that we had to take a bit out because the person who was a Trump supporter in mid-July uh, turned on Trump in early fall. And, uh, and, you know, it's interesting because of people like that, I was very convinced before the election that Clinton was going to win. Uh, I don't know how you felt going into... Uh, you know well the election night like was the day before the election yeah i was excited i mean and again we've been over this you know i i don't think this even needs to be said but like i supported hillary and i'm gonna crack another beer here i'm very excited Mm -hmm. for it um talk about in a second but i was really excited that donald trump was gonna not be president basically and um the states that he won, I just kind of was... We were over at a friend's house. We were eating uh, pizza and hanging out, drinking good beers, you know, smoking a little bit of almost legal weed. And I think I can say that, but we can also edit this out. Um, anyhow, so... Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so um, I was fucking floored, uh, just dumbfounded. Um, it was not even that emotional. It was just like, what the... F- I couldn't believe it. Like, just... Factually, scientifically, I could not wrap my head around this new truth. Yeah, well, I think I think that uh, we were all misled by pollsters and the media to believe that Clinton was going to win and that the Senate was a possibility, even. And, uh, and all that turned out to be false, mostly because, as I believe, people don't answer polls correctly and uh, or answer polls at all. And I think that a lot of the people who ended up voting for Trump, probably aren't answering their phones if they have landlines to call. Well, here's what I think. I think that people were scared to say that they didn't know they were embarrassed to say they were voting for Trump when when people like that asked them. But also what I think is that um, that acknowledges on their behalf to a certain extent that they realized that he was racist. Or, or offensive in general, right? Because there was a reason why they felt like they didn't want to be honest about it. If you accept that premise, then you accept, like, well, why didn't they want to be honest? And it's because they recognize that at least to some people, including, quote-unquote, yeah, well, mainstream. I, I don't... Is that crazy? I don't know. I think... I, no, I, I think that's there's a partial truth to that, and I'm going to get back into the racism thing in a, in a second, but, like, 
I also think that there's a reality that we live in now where people don't answer their phones for polls where uh, where they used to. Uh, the generation that would have been interested in civic duty in that kind of way right. uh, went the way of uh, American Idol and... Uh, Is that still around? For online polls. No, but now it's like, you know, which which uh, Harry Potter house am I in? It's much more specific. Oh, my God, dude. Stuff, I, I, was, I was looking at BuzzFeed today. I'm sorry. This is off topic. Give me 10 seconds. Um, and they literally had like 10 different Harry Potter related, specifically house and sorting hat related quizzes. It was crazy. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think I think people are uh, just as likely to take those. But we can get back into the non-voter thing in a second. I okay. just want to say that like... Previous to the election, I really did think Clinton was going to win, and I, I said to you, I was so ready for like this this world in which we could start criticizing Clinton for the things that actually mattered because we could talk about those things rather than what Trump was talking about. Yeah, and have a substantive debate. I was debate. excited for this Democratic adversary, and I, I voted in Pennsylvania, and, and things seemed very positive to me, and as the results rolled in, I just, I was kind of in disbelief. Um in the same way, but at the same time, I felt like, you know, maybe this is what we deserved uh, for, for believing in Clinton and the institution, that, that, like, elections could be rigged in that kind of way, I guess, or that we had the polling down to a science. And like I said, I think it comes back to these non-voters. Like, half of the population didn't vote again. I think it uh, comes down to the, the voters who voted for Obama that voted for Trump this time. Well, that's 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 the other big thing. Yeah, it comes down to uh, the people who thought of Trump as an outsider, which I still think is a laughable idea. But there were people who bought into that because, it, in my opinion, Clinton didn't offer a viable alternative in that respect. She wasn't well, liberal enough to embrace the policies which Bernie Sanders would have backed in terms of you know things like trade, the NADPL, racism. Uh, and it's not like Trump was taking on those things either, but it's it's just that he stood for something that was a change from the policies which Clinton had attached herself to. I don't think she did a good job distancing herself from from Bill's policies as well as from the uh, the stances she's taken throughout her career. And what. The, I agree with you, but I felt way differently like a week and a half ago. You know, like when she was winning, I think, and this is the human psyche perhaps, but you're just like, well, she's great, whatever. And I never really thought she was great, but I always was like, oh yeah, she's super solid. Like watching her in those debates, like the, you know, any one of the three presidential debates, that uh, she was, I mean, in comparison to him, certainly that's like part of it, but. I was really fucking impressed. And I was a huge Bernie supporter. Like, I hate that I have to say that. But, like, come on. Like, come on. I'm coming from this with somewhat of a skeptical eye. But also, I mean, I've never felt so, like, just, like, being a Democrat. Because, if it's only because I hate Trump so much. It's the only reason I supported it. But, she, I mean, uh, Bernie made her better. Now I'm rambling. I'm going to stop. No, no, you're right. I, I, I think that's all true. And I, I think there was some sort of unity in that sort of belief. But as we learned, it wasn't enough. And like, like you said, uh, 
Uh, 17% of people polled, and maybe this is bullshit, but at the exit polls said that they wanted a more liberal government, and 22% of those people voted for Trump. So of the exit poll, that's like 5% of the populace was voting for a more liberal world under Trump. Uh, and that's a sort of a No. Scary... Why would it be split like that? What do you mean? Wait, say it again. I said, uh, okay, so 22... Well, I don't know if we should go back through that. Okay, yeah, never mind. All right, well, yeah, map. Okay, whatever. So I did the calculations today. 22% of 17% is 3.74%. Uh, that rounded up to 4% is close to 5%. And so I'm going to declare myself correct, although I'm sure Hunter is going to be a stickler and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> we'll get back into that. We'll look into that step, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how that works out. All right, yeah, no, um, I was just trying to do that anyway, quick math in my head. I, I just want to talk about some things that happened that night. Because did you were you watching, what channel were you watching when the... Uh, election news really started to break um well we were doing what i love to do and switching between msnbc and fox news oh that's exactly what i was doing so, yeah i think uh, that's the best so way to watch so probably we were, M- we were like spending more time at msnbc i'm not gonna lie did, did you see the chris matthews breakdown on msnbc that i've i've talked to you about no i don't think I so all right well chris Maybe. matthews like i don't really after, remember after any of it it was such a trump blur. was gonna win he uh, he kind of suggested that Trump should have, I mean, that Clinton should have taken on trade issues, uh, specifically opposing TPP and, and opposing NAFTA, and uh, and also should have made some sort of immigration policies. And the immigration policies comments were, were a little ridiculous, especially coming from a guy who has spent the last part of the two, the last two decades uh, supporting Hillary Clinton more than anybody else. Uh, I mean, fuck Chris. And Matthews. I think he just I realized. Have nothing good to say about him. He just yelled at everything. Yeah, but that's what was kind of funny. It was like realizing the horse he had backed uh, had failed, and he was like bailing ship before everyone else. And Rachel Maddow was calling him on it. There was nothing like his. Even his arguments were unsupported. Wait, really? Rachel in, in Maddow they, called him on it. Maddow. Yeah, she was like, "Well, what do you want? What do you want? Uh, what do you want her to do? Be more conservative than Trump on immigration?" And and Chris like, "I don't know." I, I don't know. She could have done something. and <laughs> I just want something. That's partially true. But then I would switch to uh, Fox News. Yeah. And Carl Rove is having a similar, like, shock. I heard, yeah, I didn't see fashion. that, but I heard he was, like, I heard he was, like, so surprised. Yeah, well, he was shocked. He kept thinking that they were going to lose Ohio and Florida. He was like, wait until those, wait until Broward comes in. We we definitely haven't seen the last of this. But he, he was shocked at how it came in, and then he... When, when they told him, like, so they control the Senate, the House, and the presidency, he was like, oh, it's the first time since 1928. You already knew that Im- immediately, huh? Yeah, he yeah. did. Well, he pulled that number. He had it ready. Well, that's and, that's uh, Carl Rove for you. Nobody said Carl Rove was dumb. I mean, if you did, yeah, you're, for sure. you're, you're dumb if you say Carl Rove is dumb. Because he's a really smart little... He's like a mole turtle. He's like a turtle in a mole. Let's talk about another smart guy, Nate Silver. Oh, my God. Well, he just gave the presentation at the event I was catering yesterday. I didn't get to see it, though. Uh, so he he wasn't, like, entirely wrong, because, like, like he said, it was a 30% possibility that that could happen, and he kind of pointed out one of the ways it could happen, which... Is exactly what happened? Conspired. Yeah, but at the same time, he kind of convinced everyone that 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 was 
uh, a slim possibility. 30% was way bigger than he had it earlier. So I forgot about that. You reminded me. And I remember looking at it and being scared as shit. Dude, that's like almost a one in third. So like, that's a very good chance. Way, I think that's way more than certainly I went into election night thinking. <laughs> to me, it was maybe like 10 at most. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about 15 to 20, uh, but that was only because I knew some people who were voting Trump, but again, they seemed very fringe to me, and now I'm realizing that there there was this sort of silent majority as... Uh, Which was their Johnny's whole fucking referred to it ours. This idea of, like, the uh, the white people who kept their mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hey, where are we on on time here? We're doing okay. Uh, so we're so we're now like moving into like uh, post Trump America and uh, what literally and also narratively. Yeah. So uh, what happened on day one of Trump America was uh, on both sides kind of chaotic. I don't I don't know that Trump was entirely prepared for this result either. Not um, even seems, close at all. No, he wasn't. He seems like he's scrambling to create administration and doesn't really want to be president. I mean, he certainly doesn't want to hang out at the White House, right? No, he's going to try to stay at Trump Tower, just like the stupidest decisions. <laughs> Insane. Which, which is going to shut down Fifth Avenue every day. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I just read that article, actually, just a little bit ago. Yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's an amazing uh, reality that we live in where the president doesn't want to stay at the White House. I love it. You see what Bill de Blasio said? He's like, Bill de Blasio's like, well, hey, it's almost Christmas time. And, you know, it's always fucking fucked on Christmas. So it's, you know, don't worry about it, basically. <laughs> don't worry about it for four years. It'll be like Christmas. No, he said it'll only be that way until inauguration. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh... Let's talk about uh, the the uh, memes, I think, that have come out since uh, Trump's uh, presidency. Besides the I don't like memes. Relate to, well, I think it's an important uh, social communication tool right now. Mm. I don't think people are using them properly. But uh, How do you... Well, actually, that's a really interesting topic. How do you use a meme properly or not properly? Factual information... Uh, but or like cutting humor rather than like uh, oh can we not talk about this pop cultural consumerism and stuff like that? Okay, now okay, no, no. I mean, actually, that's I, yeah. All right, because I, for example, I don't want to talk about the memes about Joe Biden and Obama like plotting things against Trump. Those seem like a waste of time. <laughs> the one the little hands though, that's pretty funny. All I do, I do want to talk about all the news stories that have been. Uh, about the neo-Nazi uh, racist reaction to okay, but I don't Trump's want you to presidency. come in here and just say they all happened last month. That's no, nice. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that all because right. a lot because there's definitely been a reaction since the presidency that that some people feel like they won, but I also feel like this is this is my, now this is again my personal belief and maybe this will come down to me being a privileged white male in the system. Okay, but yeah, I me feel too. Like, I feel like a lot of those people are like sort of like the Randy Marshes of the world. where The wrestler? If, you, if anybody's seen that, that South Park episode where Randy Marsh uh, has, has a reaction to Obama's presidency where he feels like he can do anything legally because the world has changed, I think there are some people 
who are stupid enough to think that Trump presidency negates assault and uh, racism. Graf- race. Well, not racism because racism's always been legal in this country. It just hasn't been as open, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, it's as definitely as institutionalized. Right yeah, that's a good point. Good. Uh, oh man, excellent commentary, Juice Box. I love it. But at the same time, uh, I I don't think that this outpouring of negativity is as I, I don't think it's it's because of a Trump presidency. Yeah, as I said, agreed. I think it would have happened if there was a Clinton presidency too. I think there's there's a seed in American history that it or an American population that uh, is not going away at least for another generation. Did you say seed? Uh, yeah, like just like no, I. No, that's I a really good word. Just, uh, I hate, love that word for hate, this. Hate, like just this hatred for um, the other. You know, so, social change really, and uh, I think it's just we're all one. scared of the other man, not white people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I do think that's a big part of it, but at the same time, like I don't think that's entirely why Trump won. I think Trump won again because no, I, I, I agree. Think Clinton was soft on a lot of other issues, like trade like tpp i do think those are real issues no i mean he just played this yeah he played the classic populist card it was kind of almost textbook in retrospect right because if you look at that it's just you rabble rouse you play the fears you go in this like barnstorming tour and you're just like angry all the time and flapping your gums yeah and i mean it's funny because it's actually everyone you know it's like revolutionary it's like an un unanticipated, unprecedented time in American politics. But at the same time, it's also so classic. Like, Trump didn't do anything new. He just put all the pieces together in a way that nobody thought would work because it was so crass. But he just, like, he dragged the bottom of the fucking lake. He's like, most... Here's a good analogy. Let me me do this, and then I'll stop. I promise. Um... So, like, Hillary and most politicians, what they're doing is they're, like, on this boat, right, and they're fishing. You know, they got their little fishing lines. They're dropping their fishing lines in the water. They're hoping they're going to catch a big fish or but hopefully a bunch of fish, which represents, like, the people, right? And they're yeah. going for different depths. They're trying to get different kind of fish, and they're, you know, they're doing okay, but it's, like, hard work. You got to pick out your fish individually, and you got to, like, go find them, and they're at different depths. You got a depth finder on the boat, but, again... You only got so many fishing lines going out there. And you catch a couple, but you miss a few, and it's hard work, right? Donald Trump, on the other hand, he brings his gold-plated luxury yacht out there, and he's like, you know what, dude? Fuck fishing. This is, like, that's way hard work. Here's what I'm going to do. And he just drops a trawling fucking, like, they make these things, right, for catching all types of... Lobsters. uh, Lobsters, and he just trawls the bottom of the fucking water... And what comes up, comes up. And he's like, all right, here, look at my constituency. It's like this fucking rock crab. I got three lobsters. One of them is blue. I don't know how that happened, but that's pretty cool. Um, that, that's real. Blue lobsters are real. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, so... Anyhow, you get my point. No, I, no, I think you're right. And I think, I think this brings us to a real question, which is what is Trump going to actually do? And uh, so let's... But besides all the the things that are going on in America, which, like we said, uh, I think are an eventuality that we have to face and we need to talk to each other and try to get through this as much as we can because these these issues have been bubbling over for a long time. There's been this graffiti on my bridge in my neighborhood for the last 
25 years that I've lived there. And uh, it's a ever-changing blend of neo-Nazi racism combined with, like, jokes and uh, sort of uh, misogynistic uh, nonsense about women and, and calling, you know, fake numbers, stuff like that. So okay, it'll be yeah. interesting to see uh, how this all plays out. Um, the, but let's move, let's move on to uh, to what this really means. Wait, so, but let's you, start are with you gonna, how's it going to play out on the bridge, though? Now, now I'm curious. Well, we'll see, we'll see in the long run. Uh, the bridge is featured in Makunji. Again, shout out to... Uh, <laughs> your your new idea. short film, it's called Makunji. It's going to be played in uh, various festivals, guys. Keep your eyes open. All right, so let, let's, get, let's, let's get back to Trump. What is this One really thing mean? really quick, really quick. Commercial break. Yeah. Oh, hello there. So, I am so happy to report to you that racism is cool now. I hope you've been following the Trump presidential campaign as close as I have, because what it means to you and I is that we are fully allowed to speak our mind. Finally. You hate black people? Me too. You hate Hispanics? They're the worst. Build that wall. The Muslims? Ugh. Don't let any of them come in. The crazy thing is, Trump's saying all these things, so people like you and I are finally allowed to speak our mind. This, my friends and brothers and sisters, mostly brothers, is a truly historical moment for us and for all people like us, the whites, primarily. So, let's all celebrate and get behind the true one and only candidate, Hail Trump. Thank you. Okay, now go ahead. <laughs> All right, take a photo of uh, Makanji Bridge. Like every every time it changes, take a photo. That'd be really cool. Oh, I'll try to do that. Uh, yeah, just document its change of white racism or whatever. It's cool. All right. All right, so let's let's continue on. So what does this really mean? First, energy policy. Like our energy policy is basically back to coal, back to gas. For the next four years, we're like fucked in terms of uh, green energy, right? Or unless yeah. we're saved by private industry. No, we're not going to be. Although I do think that Elon Musk is going to like double down um, because he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, and luckily he has enough money to back that up and he has enough resources in terms of his entities that he's going to keep doing what he's doing. And also I do think that Trump's smart enough not to fuck with Elon Musk actually. Like Trump's, you know, well, I think he, that's true. I think, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. If the private market prevails, I think that's possible, but I also think, but he's not going to save uh, the environment, you know? Yeah. Do you think it's, do you think these rumors of shutting down national parks are likely? Because I think that might be hard. Well, I want to take a step back, actually. I want to answer the original question, really, which was like, what is going to be this impact on the environment? Can I interpret that as such? And let me tell you. Can I tell you? Sure. Um, So picture the worst case scenario, and then, I don't know, like fucking triple that, okay? That's what it is. And I'm not trying to be overly uh, alarmatory, but here's what I mean. Um, This year... 2016, we passed uh, 400 parts per million in the atmosphere, I believe, right? 
Oh, Harmony. yeah, we're screwed. If you're so, talking about if we're actually going to fix the larger issue of climate change as a country, we're screwed. That's yeah, no, I mean, no so basically we already hit the point of no return in the sense that yeah. there is a certain... I think we talked about this a bit in our climate change episodes. Okay, but as we, as we all know then, like, there's a point of no return, which means that you can't reverse it, right? Or you can't reverse the bulk of it anyhow. Because the momentum... Because, like, here's the thing, right? Is that, like, the current... PPM, parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that you measure is actually like based on carbon that got here a while ago because a lot of the new carbon that we release, excuse me, can't be ha- measured, hasn't even made its way into the atmosphere yet properly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's not even being used by the atmosphere yet. But the, but the bigger, the bigger issue is actually like whether or not there's that, uh, the switch in the currents in the water, which could happen. Oh. Well, that is a completely related but also independent issue. And that's actually the worst case scenario because that could literally bring on an ice age or a hot age. Okay, let's let's not get into climate change. Trump's energy policy is going to be terrible. I don't know that he's going to be able to Juice box though. Climate. No, that's the hysteresis loop. No, literally that's the scariest that's the scariest shit of climate change. You just brought you How can you bring that up and then not talk about it, man? Because because we don't have time today. We got. Oh, it's not on, on the agenda. I forgot. Move on. It's okay. not on the agenda. That's Can we have thing. a hysteresis loop? We know episode next time. Yeah, maybe we should do a commercial for that. Okay, uh, great. Let's continue yeah, on. hysteresis loop. It could be great, or you could be fucked. I don't know. Uh, okay, good. Let's talk about Trump. Trump in Asia. Uh, Trump has. Oh man, that'd be a great movie. Trade uh, agreements with uh, Japan or and China, at least not end them, but he's going to radically change the deals that we have on the table about how. Yeah, he's going to make them pay a ton of money and withdraw our funding. Generally, I would imagine, right? Yeah, and the question is, can he do that? And uh, um, I don't yeah, think I he mean, can do it legally. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah no, but I meant like, can he do that without extreme economic consequences to the negative in terms of world impact and. Uh, how how our economic uh, uh, quality of life will relate well, yeah, to I th- other countries. I, I think that it, you know, to the extent that you're referencing a tariff, uh, imposing a tariff of thirty five percent on China, like that's absurd. He he probably won't do that because he's not that dumb. But the real issue is that that would probably. And it sounds cliche because everybody's saying it on the on the radio and TV, whatever. It would start a trade war. It really would. Like they'd be like, "Well, fuck you. We make everything that you basically consume," and they would basically jack up the prices in imports, right, for America. Yeah, and a trade war could lead into an actual war if uh, if Trump decides to push it in that direction. So that's a scary prospect. So let's move on from that uh, into Russia, who I think actually our relations have improved with, but for probably the negative of the American populace and the fairness of Well, the you don't want to hear what I have to system. say about Russia. I would like to hear what you have to say about Russia, but try to condense it to 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> I can't condense it to 30 seconds. It's very conspiratorial. Okay, but really quick, we all know about... There's two stories that come to mind that are most important. One, really quick, is that there was and maybe still is a server in Trump Towers that has a direct connection with a Russian bank in Russia. Did you know this? Okay, next story? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that is proven, and they're only connected to each other, and they're only sending ne- messages. Next story. 
You got you next got five story seconds. Is next story. More controversial, but basically, and it's not proven, and I'm not going to vouch for it, but it. Anyhow, so like Mother Jones got this uh, spy, and Mother Jones has been known oh, yeah. to like blow a lot of good stories these days. Like that, not blow, but like blow up in a way that they were well researched. They're the ones that single handedly got. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, no, it's Parliament true. It's true, but they do have they do have a significant liberal bias. We have to at least acknowledge that. But I disagree that it's a bias, man. I mean, uh, opinion pieces. So like, I'm gonna take a line out of Fox News here because opinion pieces are something. And then, like, investigative journalism is a completely different thing. All right, let's get into that very... later. You have, okay, you have we'll get into that later. You've extended quite a lot. You have 10 seconds. Okay, so really it. quick, basically, they found this, like, spook, you know, this old CIA operative um, in, or FBI, and then he was, like, contracted with some private uh, organizations. And he was hired to do a little opposition, opposition research, pardon me, on Trump. And, uh, yeah. And then yeah, people can read the lot. article. Okay. Yeah, yeah, basically Trump had Trump had ties with Russia, and the Russia wanted him to be a plant. It's like a sort of Manchurian yeah. candidate kind of reality, and it could be real, uh, and we should definitely pay attention to it. Uh, Russia uh, is going to be an imposing force on the U.S. government, regardless of how much they're actually tied in already, and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind of with the Middle East because I think it impacts you know our positions on Assad who's obviously going to be back in power, and other countries where I think we're going to try to install dictators rather than allow some sort of democratic Islamic community to emerge. Thoughts? Wait, what was the last word? Democratic Islamic community, which is what we tried to create in like Afghanistan and Iraq, but kind of half failed in doing. And uh, they're trying to do in Egypt, theoretically. Well, I don't know anything about that at all. But what were you talking about before that? <laughs> I, was, I was just saying that, uh, that I think that uh, uh, maybe negatively affect the people of the Middle East, but positively affect our uh, streamlining of our ability to finalize certain wars in the Middle East by installing dictators back in those positions. Okay, well, um, the biggest thing that I have with this whole issue is that he's, in this theory, right, in this paradigm, he is fucking a puppet, literally, right? So, well, not literally. No, I don't think not- that's true. I just think he supports the Russian agenda for the Middle East, which is... No, 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 but why? Th- think about it. There's no reason that Trump would do it just inherently. No, I think it's because of oil, oil pricing. I'm sorry, dude, but... I don't no. know. All right, well, well, all right. We don't have time to get into this, but I, I think it's because, uh, partially because of oil pricing, and he actually thinks that the theory will work. And that's, like, a big question of this. Look, I was going to talk about the wall and immigrants, which I think are both, like, kind of ridiculous policies, and we're going to see how they play out. And I, those are, like, probably the worst things that could come out of the Trump presidency besides a nuclear war. Well, did you uh, see that they were th- mulling over a Muslim registry? Of course, of course. And, uh, and I think those things are terrible, and, uh, and I, I think we have to fight against those things in particular because those are things we can actually prevent. I think the rest are kind of things that we, while we can have effect over, uh, are rather out of our control in terms of how global politics play out with a Trump presidency. Uh, I think we can definitely affect domestic policy, though. Yeah. But that brings Truth. me Speaking to uh, of... his... Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, I thought we were going to transition to important domestic policy things that well, we that's, voted on. Yeah, I was going to talk about some cabinet positions, uh, if you're okay with Go. that really quickly. So the cabinet positions that we know about so far. Uh, Banner. That's my biggest problem. Might be gone. Thus far. Well, I, I, we can only hope, because uh, he's a really controversial pick to bring into a already controversial presidency. And, yeah, it's fucking uh, crazy. You remember when uh, Breitbart died? It was only a few years ago. <sighs> it was just kind of a bummer. Say about it. Yeah. No, it was it's a bummer a really because, sad... yeah, he's he was a uh, at least he was a kind of a worthy adversary. Like, yeah. comparatively, and, and, the like, entered, entered, and again, we as we talked about, the environmental department is fucked. Uh, but uh, Priebus and Jeff Sessions, let's talk about them. One has a dumb name and one has a name that means something else. So that's all I have to say. Well, what do you know? What do you really have to say about them, especially Priebus? <laughs> but uh, Priebus, Priebus. Oh um, man, yeah, he's like it was so funny because he always was going around like kind of, sort of apologizing for Donald Trump throughout the presidency and like kind of distancing himself, but not really. Like he was way closer than uh, Ryan, certainly, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, but he's a he's an interesting pick because he represents a lot of the things Trump's usually against. Uh, yeah, it's so f- well. That was like probably the gimme pick, right? Yeah. Like, here you go, Rents. And then uh, and then Rents? he and then Ben Carson rejected a position in the government because he said he didn't have the experience for it. Uh, I know, which is hilarious. Of a course, a man that ran I, for president. Yeah, I know. He's like, I hope well, this guy is so naive. That he doesn't even get the irony and the fact that he rejected like a smaller role than the president after running for president. It's crazy. I mean, it makes uh, you think, right. why did he even run? Did someone make him run or what? <laughs> yeah, or is that is that what the Trump presidency is? It's just like an accidental presidency that never intended to work out this way. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing about the Trump presidency, and I think this is besides the the fear of having all of the governmental positions controlled by one party. Uh, to well, me, did you is see the, the Supreme? Did you Court see pick. that um, when they moved in and uh, they were like, they thought that they could just keep Obama's like a lot of his staff. And they're like, no, you got to hire your own. You're like. <laughs> Like they, they yeah, don't they are wildly the unprepared for this insane. whole thing. Yeah, like, well, they, I hope they're that not politicians. Filming. They didn't plan for this, right? Uh, but but I but in that way, the Supreme Court pick that that uh, Trump has said he wants to achieve is somebody who would theoretically oppose Roe v. Wade in that they would send it back to the states, but approve gay marriage because question mark. I'll leave it with that burp. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I have nothing to say on that. Does I that mean, exist? Does that exist? Bring it. Is that possible? I don't no, think there's. No. I think those are conflicting. Yeah. No. 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 I'm sure it is. I'm sure uh, it is. I'm. I'm interested in who he picks because uh, that will be the defining characteristic of this presidency. Because I think, whatever happens, I can only pray that uh, mm. we fix the DNC. Um, because I do think Trump will be bad, but I'm hoping he's not going to be Hitler. And I'm ready to fight him if he's Hitler. But I don't know that we need to protest and do these petitions now because he is really bad. Like, we can protest specific things like Banner and uh, maybe Jeff Sessions. Bannon, but, but, I think. 
Oh, Bannon. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you think about Bruce Banner, who is a superhero. No, I just I just wrote it incorrectly. Which super is that? Is that Batman? Uh, Bruce Wayne. Who's Bruce Banner? Uh, oh, it's the Hulk, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. Right. The Hulk. Okay. All right, well, so anyway, we Bannon. On? Well, yeah, but I want to talk about how we're gonna fix. Well, okay. Do you think that protests and online petitions work? Number one. Well, no, I don't think it's a blanket statement. Sorry. I mean, I didn't want to interrupt you doing this. It's a pretty um, important thing to say. I think that, like, I'm really impressed with the amount of uh, protests sustained after the election, like a week a week out, a week and a half out, or whatever it is now, a week and two days. And uh, it's pretty incredible. And I think it's definitely sending the message. So I wouldn't say it's ineffective. Um but. Do you think it's it's more or less effective than Occupy, and what did that really represent in terms of? I thought the, Occupy I mean, was terribly effective. I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely. Uh, uh, no, dude, it lasted way longer than anyone expected. It created it, social change for sure, but there was no leadership, and there's no and the, and and I think as a result, we see the kind of conflicted. Uh, viewpoints that played out in this election where we didn't really get a candidate who represented real constructive change for Wall Street and banking policies right. and all the well, things Well certainly we that was Bernie. Right. Bernie was the candidate of Occupy. There's no question. Yeah, and I think and I think that's gotta be somebody like Elizabeth Warren. I think that's gotta be like a Keith Ellison running running the DNC. I think we need to change the DNC I don't really know to Keith fit Ellison those that policies well. that we want. Uh, enacted and those people will fight for us like Bernie's already fighting you know in government for the things that we believe in in a Trump presidency and I don't see Hillary out there right now saying anything she's like she's I mean not that she gave an interview let her be for a little bit I think uh, I agree I understand what you're saying but I hear you I hear you sorry I just really gotta pee and I'm just like trying to stand still all right. Well, let's let's uh, we're gonna Sorry, end. Sorry, those little personal. I think, look, look. I think there's a there's gonna be a lot to protest in a Trump presidency, and I I'm not saying save your energy because we need to people to be agree. But yeah. at the same time, I think that uh, we need uh, we need to realize what things are actually like. I said, worth protest. We need to have an agenda and. Uh, I'm not saying organize around this podcast because we are wildly unprepared to lead this thing. But at the oh same yeah, time, don't ask us. Find somebody like a Bernie Sanders, like Keith Ellison, like Elizabeth Warren, and and start listening to what we need to do in terms of our civic duty, uh, in terms of how to be an American, and fucking vote, please. Now I'm gonna read this Michael Moore tweet uh, at the end of the podcast. But before we get to that, let's talk some relaxing stuff for like five ten mm, minutes. That's I want to relax. From the people who brought you organic foods, shopping malls, and overpriced coffee comes gentrification. That's right, gentrification. A practice once spoken about in secret circles is now being commodified as the newest hip trend. At gentrification, you can find all your furniture, appliance, and household accessories for your new home. Need a Viking stove small enough for your tiny miniature? We got you covered. What about a standalone mixer made in our Norwegian free trade colony? We got it. And how about a Jaguar print rolling 70s jest chair that might have been owned by David Bowie? We might have that too. Anything and everything your young heart can desire, regardless of your actual age. Come in, drop out. Why give to charity when there's cool shit to buy? We're going to do some Henry and Hip Hop now. 
Uh, I just want to say that in a Trump presidency, we we might see some good music at least come out of this whole thing. Fuck yeah. Uh, because, because there's always good protest music when things get really shitty. And uh, that's one thing to cons- give ourselves so we can, ha- we can get some good art, at least. You know, I have been thinking uh, about an excuse for the shitty music of the last eight years, and now I realize it's just Obama's fault, just like everything else. That's right. Good call. That's right. Now let's talk about good music from the last year. So what things are you listening to right now? Well, I'm <laughs> visiting some old friends, so to speak, musically. Going back, I actually listened to some Hold Jetty recently. Um, Whoa. Some Andrew Jackson Deep Cut for you. Jihad. They changed her name to AJJ. Um, but and for new music, thank you for asking. I've been listening to the um, Tribe Called Quest album. It's fucking incredible. And then I actually just was watching SNL, uh, and they performed a couple songs, and it was, man, it's like, it's incredible because it's, I feel like given that they are such a, they're such icons from a very specific time period that has influenced so much, and specifically because they haven't made an album in what was it like 18 years that they come back and they yeah. bridge this gap between old school and new school and that does sound very cliche but it's very true because like it has their same style which is definitely old school like inherently obviously but yeah they've adapted it and taken it on these new ideas where it sounds so like it almost sounds like and this is gonna sound like not a compliment but it almost sounds like the best hip-hop group today which doesn't hip-hop <laughs> groups don't even really exist anymore you know what i mean and like yeah no doing, i do i do it's like an it's an instant try it feels that way yeah no it's, yeah it's, it would be like the most modern hip-hop group today doing a tribe album and mixing it up yeah but it but what's what it interesting is that it made me realize how much way. modern rap has been influenced by their styles like like, I was thinking about yeah. Q-Tip style in particular. Like, that has fled into both... He's the both, best. Uh, Fuck, I love Q-Tip, both, dude. Both Kendrick Lamar and uh, and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda have both been definitely influenced by the way that Q-Tip spat. And, and it's and it's even more obvious on this album because he's taken on some things from them, it seems like, especially Kendrick. And, yeah. Uh, and, the, and the way in which they're approaching this album was so prescient in that it was so much about Trump and, and what led into Trump's presidency. And now that we have a Trump presidency, it feels like it is the first like tr- Trump art album that we get. The, it's first, like the first reaction. So, the last song is crazy. Yeah. The song's like the a Donald. musical musical. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some great features on there. There's a great, uh, Busta Rhymes feature, great Andre 3000 feature, great Kendrick Isn't feature. Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really, just it's a it's a like a, I was listening to it today while I was running. It's a, it's just a really solid album all the way through. I really do think it was like an instant classic. Like I said to you a while ago, it reminded me of uh, Beastie Boys or um, maybe a little bit for me Jurassic Five. Like how I felt listening to that stuff in middle school, where I just felt like, well, I'm gonna be listening to this forever. Mm. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, so I've been, I have also been listening to that a lot. Uh, I've also been listening to a lot of Radiohead, uh, again, just cause I think it makes some good protest music and it's also a little bit more calming, I guess, because they've, they kind of, I felt like they predicted this was going to happen and, uh, 
it's it's sad. Mm. But um, they're like, don't worry, and, we already knew. But you know, We're ready for here's it. here's the other thing. I've been talking about this a lot since the election. I've been thinking a lot and listening to a lot of uh, Hamilton. And this is gonna sound corny and stupid. But Alexander really Hamilton. Think, yeah, I do great. think that story is important to think about uh, in this modern age because the issues that the government and Hamilton were dealing with in that time period were so much more uh, chaotic than what yeah, they're we're like, experiencing even now. They didn't like, know who to build. A, was should we have a central bank or not a central bank? And you're like, that's a pretty big decision, guys. <laughs> yeah well that's like that's like decision number one number two should we have a, like a president who is a president for their entire lifetime or just somebody who like steps down every once in a while should we uh like how do we transition power to anybody after like a king hmm. uh yeah you know how do you enforce taxation after fighting a war that was based theoretically on taxation <laughs> and i think yeah everyone's I, gonna I hate it these... you guys <laughs> Well, I think these are the kind of issues that uh, that continue to to drive American politics, and and uh, you know we're talking a lot about taxation with this Trump presidency. So it's it's important to remember that that not only are they seated in the last twenty five years, maybe of our life, but this may be like an issue with just democracy and society in general. And uh, yeah. wait, I really got to go pee, dude. Can I run right now? I'm sorry. Well, I think we can end up. I just have like a couple more things for like if you have one minute. Uh, there's My a couple bladder. things that are coming out soon. Yeah, new Gambino album on the way, new Absol album on the way. Oh and, man, uh, new hmm. new Run the Jewels album. Most importantly, dude. Because, uh, oh, it's gonna be a really good winner of of hip hop. That's incredible. I'm so excited yeah. for all three of those. Holy shit! I think I yeah, knew but run the, but run the jewels. I think more than any of them for me because. Not only was Run the Jewels too great, but these samples we've heard have been so great. Oh, and, and yeah, what yeah. Mike usually says politically Ooh. is so influential, both to me and and to you know various communities in this country. And I think I've talked about this before, but we need some Killer Mike right now. Oh, I love Killer Mike. Um, and um, I also am very excited to see what Childish Gambino does, and also Absol. That I mean, he doesn't do a bad song. I mean, maybe he does, but I haven't heard it. Yeah, he's well. He's. Uh, I would. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you got a lot. We'll talk about that in the later episode. But, yeah. All right. So uh, we're gonna end by uh, saying weed regulation uh, is over in a lot of states, and legalization is the new norm. So uh, let's legalize weed, guys. And Hunter's yeah. gonna smoke while I read a Michael Moore tweet after he goes to the bathroom. Nope. I'll be it right now. All right. So here we go. So I'm not actually going to read a hundred. Just record for like 30 seconds. Yeah, and why are you going to do that at the same time? That seems like really weird. Well, I told you. you're gonna. I want you to copiously smoke weed sound effect wise while uh, political music plays under you and I'm reading Michael Moore's tweet. So we can end on a positive note. That's pretty good, but you know that my people at my work here, they listen to this. Yeah, but you've already said you smoke weed on the podcast. And it's legal. That's so true. It's like alcohol. Yeah. Michael Moore's morning after to-do list abridged. Number one, take over the Democratic Party and return it to the people. They have failed us miserably. Number two, for all pundits, predictors, posters, and anyone else in the media who had a narrative they wouldn't let go of and refused to listen to or acknowledge what was really going on. Wait. 
Three, any Democratic member of Congress who didn't wake up this morning ready to fight, resist, and obstruct in the way Republicans did against President Obama every day for eight full years must step out of the way and let those of us who know the score lead the way. Four, everyone must stop saying they're stunned and shocked. What you mean to say is that you were in a bubble and weren't paying attention to fellow Americans in their despair. Five, you must say this sentence to everyone you meet today. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. The majority of Americans chose Clinton over Trump. We need to change the electoral colors. Michael Moore. Are you not a patriot anymore? No, I'm a super patriot. I like that. I like that idea, actually, about patriotism, because it's like, it doesn't mean that you have to, like, vote red. It just means that you love your country. No, I know. Fight for your liberties. That's yeah. what I say. Like, fight for the principles of the country. Yeah. That's what that's well, what these days, like. you know what I'm thinking about is that the fucking principles of the country are fucking all about immigrants, man. Henry and Ops! 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 Buy a better beer. Don't try to be a better human being. Okay. Hey, watch the wolf suit.